Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the WP Builds Podcast. My name is Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk a small web development agency based in the north of England. And today, a little bit later, I'll be joined by Sebastian Webb from Microthema. We'll get onto that in a little bit. As always, if you want to share this podcast, you can go to the podcast player, which is on the wpbuilds.com website, and you can click any of the buttons underneath the player itself. We have a Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wpbuilds. And if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, then you can subscribe to our mailing list and we don't spam you with anything at all, just real updates on uh, the weekly podcast that comes out, basically. Okay, so as always, we start with a news section and there's just four pieces of news. I'm going to keep it really brief today. Um, this is on the Mel Choice website. I'll put the link in the in the show notes. But essentially, she's been playing with the Gutenberg editor and has been turning widgets into blocks. And it, it opens up real interesting possibilities for what you'll be able to do with the new Gutenberg editor when it comes along. It, it's very hard to describe, actually, what she's trying to do. So I would suggest that if Gutenberg and the new p- page builder possibilities of that are of interest to you, uh, go and check it out. She's come. She's got some really interesting ideas about where it might go, and I think she thinks it's the future. The next one. This was a link actually I got from Paul Lacey in the WP Builds group, and it's got nothing to do with WordPress. It's simply a really, really good collection of where to find free resources um, so that you can do your web design uh, business some good. Um, free stock images, uh, there's loads and loads of sites for that kind of thing. And then there's things like uh, places where you can get free fonts and icons and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a fantastic article. There's absolutely loads of stuff in there that I'd never heard of. So I will certainly be coming back to that one in the future. Item number three is the fact that iThemes Exchange is being sold to AJ Morris. Now, this is a good thing, I think, in some respects, and I'm not so sure in other respects. Um, iThemes seems to have sort of put Exchange on hold for a little while, and the the roadmap doesn't seem to have been going anywhere. And obviously, at the moment, what with WooCommerce in pricing, you know, pricing fiasco news over the last few weeks, it seems like somebody needs to step up, and iThemes have decided it's not them, so they're going to spin off iThemes Exchange to AJ Morris. Possibly a good thing to have a new set of eyes on it. My only slight reservation, of course, is if I'm correct, I think AJ Morris is the person behind Headway, um, and potentially you know how that went. That just sort of suddenly ended. Uh, and then he had Pressmatic as well, which he sold um, to Flywheel, which became local by Flywheel. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure whether that developer is somebody who's, you know, gathered long-term distrust from some people. Um, I haven't really been a user of Headway at any point, so it re- didn't really affect me, but I know that it did affect an awful lot of people. Okay, the last item is the fact that Jetpack Professional Plan, um, as of a few days ago, now comes with 200 commercial themes. 
Um, this was always going to be the case. I think it's been mooted for a long, long time. And now if you pay the $25 or $300 a year tariff, you can get access to 200 commercial themes, which I don't know really, does this mean that you know automatic and so on are sort of going to soon become um, more of a software as a service, uh, the whole package tied together, themes and hosting and all that. Who knows? But it's certainly, it's an interesting story. It's worth a read. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the WP Builds podcast. Today, I'm not joined by David Wormsley. He's um, doing something else today, but it's an interview day. And I have somebody who I think you're going to enjoy. It's um, Sebastian Webb from Microthema. Hi, Sebastian. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very good. Now, I never asked you this before we started, but we've been chatting for a little while now, and um, you're obviously based in the UK, but I never did ask, whereabouts do you live? Uh, London. Oh, okay. Finsbury Park. Ah, okay. Well, I I know that area very well. I used to go to university in London and had a fabulous time there. Now I live in Yorkshire, which is um, very different, shall we say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So lovely. Yeah. Well, Sebastian's been brought onto the the podcast today because he's going to talk about his um, WordPress plugin, which is called, um, as I say, Microthema. Now, you may have heard of this before. You may have used it before. If you haven't, I think there's a very, very good chance that you could make use of it because just about anybody who's building a WordPress-based site could use uh, a plugin like this. Um, So before we start, Sebastian, um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your sort of background, how you got into WordPress and programming? I know it's a bit of a generic question, but it's always good to get a bit of background. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, So I uh, actually studied psychology at university, so I didn't have a, a technical background. Uh, but I wanted to work for myself uh, as my was my main goal, and I just saw that web development would be a useful skill to learn. So I kind of taught myself PHP and MySQL using SitePoint books, and then um, I I kind of just got into WordPress development because uh, I was looking to just earn some money, uh, and probably got into freelance web design a bit bef- earlier than I was maybe ready in the sense that I was you know really experienced and knew what I was doing I kind of learned on the job and then WordPress development just uh, naturally followed on from that because it seemed uh, clients liked updating WordPress content management systems more than the competition and then I got into actually developing the plugin Microthema mainly to because I wanted to learn JavaScript and jQuery um, I I'd, I'd initially started with obviously HTML and CSS uh, and PHP, um, and but I wasn't very good at kind of doing the interactive stuff on the page, and so I got again another SitePoint book called um, jQuery Novice to Ninja, and Microthema was just a kind of a learning project to uh, like flex some skills, use some of the information I'd learned in the book, and uh, and at the time. Uh, theme option themes all the kind of like commercial themes on theme forest were starting to like compete in terms of like uh, the customization options that they provided like the the style style options like changing colors and and things like that and so what I set out to do with um, this kind of initial project was just to to go a little bit beyond what theme options provide um, because they generally would they were they were built for simplicity. So people who uh, who are non-technical and they want to have uh, like add their kind of branding colors, let's say, to their theme. 
but they don't want to get too deep into into actually the, into learning CSS code and and doing things from that point of view. So I kind of pitched my product at, at people who somewhere in between who who wanted to a bit more control than the theme options of the time, uh, but still wanted something visual. They didn't want to write code themselves. So uh, that's how I, how I developed MicroTheme, and it was really the, the minimum viable product was really quite simple. It was it was flexible in the sense that, and what I guess made it different um, was that you could enter a CSS selector yourself. Um, it did initially provide um, like pre-made CSS selectors for like the default WordPress themes. So you could use it even if you didn't know CSS selectors um, or CSS code yourself for a limited number of themes, the default ones. Um, but, but for people who did know a bit about CSS selectors but didn't necessarily remember all of the CSS style properties like padding, like the syntax for box shadow gradients, all that kind of thing. Uh, found some use in my plugin, um, and I don't know if I've, I've waffled on too long no, no, in answer to that question or, or where at what point. No, it's really stop. good. I could, I could go on. Um, Feel free. But uh, so, so what, what? So, Code Canyon was um, where I initially released uh, this kind of first minimum viable product, and um, I, I, I released it kind of as a as a test to see like should I? I was, I was working it. On the on Microsoft, I'm kind of in my spare time um, for fun, and and I thought, well, do I should I develop it further or should I just? I've I've, I've learned a bit about jQuery now. Is that is that fine? Um, and you know, I was pleasantly surprised that uh, people <laughs> people brought it for one. I still remember <laughs> the first the first person that I still remember the name of the first person that brought it. His name was Kieran, um, and he was and he was like super enthusiastic about it. And, uh, and I was kind of like let out a little yelp when I saw that first sale on Code Canyon. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm still in touch. He occasionally touches base with me from time to time because I sort of told him I was really excited about it. Um, and uh, yeah, so that kind of uh, made me think, okay, there's, it's worth developing this further at least. And at the time, I mean, this was so, it, it didn't have a, you couldn't see, so at the moment, I suppose maybe I should put this into perspective what, what the plugin does. It's a CSS generator, ultimately. It, um, you're, you look at the front end of your site and above it, you have some controls for some buttons and fields and stuff for applying CSS styles. It's kind of point, click, and then restyle. Um, but the first iteration of it, it, it was just on the WordPress admin screen, just had a, a bunch of options. And you could, it was dynamic in the sense that if you input a new CSS selector, it'll generate 80 styling options for that one CSS selector. And it kind of, the interface was flexible, but you couldn't see what you were doing. Um, it was kind of, right. by, by the current standard, it was kind of surprising looking back that, that people did buy it. And, you know, like this guy on Code Canyon, we were really quite excited about it. Um, but, so, but that was good because it motivated me to kind of take it a lot further to, to where it's at now. I think um, for those who have never seen um, the likes of Microthema. I, I guess a good way of describing the UI would be to think of um, Microsoft Word's UI in that you've got the page underneath, which in this case would be the um, the web page, and then you've got all the buttons yeah. lined up across the top, um, and there it, you can you know imagine the icons for uh, various things like padding and margin and so on, and you 
nowadays in the modern interface, you sort of drag the mouse around, click on something that you would like to change the styling of, and a whole slew, I mean, really, you throw the, the boat at us. There's so many things that you can alter and configure and mess about with. Um, yeah. And, and that's how it works. So if you're familiar with something like Beaver Builder, where you get instant feedback, that's what this does. You want to change the font size of this this particular thing. You click on it, you find the font size selector, fiddle with it, and then it just does it live on the site. And to be honest with you, it's really incredibly powerful. And I, I really do genuinely prefer your way of lining up the buttons along the top than the rivals who tend to have <laughs> like a, a floating panel which can be yeah. dragged all over the screen because I find that gets in the way at some point, whereas mm. yours doesn't. Um, Good, great. And I'm I'm also amazed that you did all this by yourself. Is that would that still be the case? Because yeah, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's still me. I mean, my wife does the design, um, so we uh, we collaborated on that a few when was it maybe three years ago um, when we met. We went traveling. Uh, for eight months and worked on the kind of version three at the time. Um, and version two was done by me and it was ugly. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was because I'm a developer. Um, it was very ugly. And um, uh, it. Uh, so we kind of, we developed a nice new, new UI for it and uh, then added some, some new functionality for version three. And kind of that, that, while we were traveling, we were also working on it. So we, we released this version maybe two months into our trip in Southeast Asia. And then uh, it did, did really well and kind of we, it funded our trip, but also we were, we were kind of, it was a working holiday as well. We would, we would kind of try and work in the morning and then see things in the afternoon. Um, which was actually a nice way to travel because it kind of, we had a sense of purpose. Mm, uh, and uh, really nice surroundings. Um, and then we would kind of really earn our, our afternoon beer um, <laughs> rather than just it. You know, what should we do today? Oh, well, it's, you know, because when we were we went went away on our honeymoon um, to Sri Lanka fairly recently. And, and I don't know if it's going too far to say we missed the fact that we weren't doing any work, but we kind <laughs> of. That idiot's going too far. We, we kind <laughs> of. No, well, we kind of because we were away for three weeks and then it was but my wife has a has a uh, has a full time job and she works part time on the microthema. Yeah. Um, and but it it was you know it it, it was just three weeks uh, of holiday concentrate rather than like three months of a bit of both which actually we 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 quite missed um, because you can you can go away for longer but you just don't have to work. Do you know there's a whole podcast episode about how how it is to work with your wife uh, okay. <laughs> on a project. <laughs> that would be a really it's, interesting channel yeah, by it's itself. Great. It's great. It's yeah, that, well, that's great. lovely. I mean, I am yeah. I am genuinely taken aback by the fact that you've managed to build this by yourself. You know, UI apart, which obviously um, hats off to your wife, but the, 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 the complexity of what you've put together, and I can only imagine the difficulty in what you've put together, must have been extraordinarily um, hard at times. Were there any... Um, were there any bits where you just thought, no, no more of this. This is doing my head in. <laughs> it's um, well, so you're kind of you're correct. It's it's hard, but it's also a lot of fun. Um, were there times? I mean, there was there was a time. So I mean, last year I um, I developed an overactive thyroid, and it it had a really profound effect on my concentration, like the ability to like simple tasks, like kind of doing a big online 
Tesco order for like a, a stag do I was trying to arrange was like would take me a day and um so like then having to <laughs> having to work on like you say it's like quite a big code base um it was kind of impossible um for a while and so if you say was there a point where you thought oh god no um around then I was really struggling I didn't know and uh, by the way I didn't know that I had this problem this is it's kind of undiagnosed because as soon as it was treated and that's that happened kind of towards the end of last year um it was back to business as usual um so uh yes it's hard um but the i get a lot of kind of um intrinsic enjoyment out of working on it out of um out of the the sheer complexity of it but also doing what I can to make it manageable is um, is necessary and 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 quite fun and and, and seeing it grow because actually the reason I I wanted to make a product um, from having done like web development earlier is I wanted uh, the chance to um, work on one thing and just keep making it better uh, because obviously when you're making clients uh, websites for clients um, you have to be slightly mindful of it being profitable um, in terms of the amount of time you invest and you're not fully in control of what direction it goes in um, and so micro thema when I when you know when I was talking about this on code Canyon I, that I was making some sales and it looked like it could go somewhere I was overjoyed because I thought well great I can this you know, there's a huge amount of scope to go with this product it's in its early stages but I know I'm going to enjoy working on it and making it better over time. Um, speaking of Code Canyon, did you did you stick with Code Canyon for long? I know that there's uh, I know that you've now separated from Code Canyon, but well, I, on, sorry, Karen. Sorry, yeah. I've, uh, I mean, I've never been an. Ex you can. You, there are two options with Code Canyon. You can be an exclusive seller on Code Canyon, or you can be um, well, was a non-exclusive seller, I guess, where you, yeah. you have, have, sell on your own website. So I've never been an exclusive seller. I always had my own website. And um, Code Canyon did well. I mean, I don't think I had any traffic to my... I, I mean, I built my, my site, and then I also launched on Code Canyon around the same time. And um, it sold it sold a bit on Code Canyon, and it made me think, wow, this, this has maybe got some legs. But it didn't sell very much. And... Once, well, I was new, I was making sales on Code Canyon, but then as soon as I was no longer a new plugin, I was kind of, because it's a huge site with lots of, um, lots of different scripts, I was kind of at the bottom of some forgotten, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. ranking thing, and, uh, and, and it fell off a cliff. Um, and, and I kind of thought, because people often debate about, oh, you know, you might, as a developer, take too much pride in making the first release of your product really really good and then <laughs> and never release it yes um and th and people often encourage you to release soon get your minimum viable product and release it soon and that is and i followed that advice with code canyon but um the the maybe the downside and what i would consider bef now before releasing it on sort of other third-party you know, marketplaces is um it has that chance when it's new to impress and then when it's no longer new if it hasn't impressed it's kind of missed that that opportunity if i was an exclusive seller on code canyon i might i would be i would be promote all of my promotion efforts would be about my code canyon listing and then even if i hadn't done super well on the sales to begin with maybe i would uh 
because that's the main ranking factor basically on Code Canyon is how many sales your product mm, has had. Yeah. And so maybe over time you can you can build it up, and then all of a sudden Code Canyon realizes it's in its interest to promote your product to produce more sales. Um, but for me, I kind of uh, the, what Code Canyon did was inc- actually indirectly increase sales on my own website, um, whereas you know obviously get, getting 100% of the revenue, and um, I didn't really see it as much more than like an, a transitory thing that might i mean that might be because i'm i'm an inexperienced uh, seller on code canyon and there are maybe more strategic ways opportunities i missed along the way but that was my personal experience yeah it's a funny one because code canyon's got it, there's sort of two sides isn't there there's the the side that obviously for a, d- a developer of um of a plugin it um it can it can skyrocket you if you get the the sort of momentum and it sells really well and you, you maintain that position on the top of the list mm. but oddly it's also got quite um quite there's quite a lot of negativity surrounding code canyon you know the fact that things come out and they don't get maintained and um you can right. never really rely on the quality so i think mm. the, the avenue of going by yourself once you've got the once you've got the momentum which clearly you now have mm. is uh, not only more profitable for you because you get to keep all of the the, the revenue share but um but also you, you sort of stay away from that um, polluting effect, shall I say? Now, I'm not sure. s- sort of suggesting that everything on Code Canyon is not very good, but certainly we've mm. all been bitten by buying something on Code Canyon, and then a year later it's gone, and you kind of relying on it, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how many people in the in the period of time that you've been developing it, how, if you are willing to share that statistic, mm-hmm. how many people do you have using the plugin on a regular basis? Uh, so. It's- uh, over 10,000, around 13 maybe. Um, I, it seems that ha- using on a regular basis isn't something I have an accurate figure for because um, I don't, um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, quite a few users over time. I mean, it's been around for a few years now. Yeah, um, no, that's a lot of so, people. That is genuinely, yeah. I think, a really healthy figure. And uh, if you've if you've got that many people and it can encourage you to sort of travel at the same time and rely on that revenue stream coming in, that's fabulous. But speaking of revenue streams, now we had this conversation before we started. Um, the pricing of um, of this plugin is fantastically generous, in my opinion. <laughs> you can pick up um, you can pick up Microthema at the moment if you want to have three sites. It's all US dollars um, is the pricing. And it's mm-hmm. it's forty five dollars for three sites forever, or you can buy ninety dollars, so twice the price, um, and you can get an unlimited license forever. Now, that to me is really unbelievably generous. Do you feel that in the future, what with thirteen thousand people using it, the the model for that will shift over time, and you might move more to annual subscription or something like that? Yeah, uh, in short, yes. yes. Um, it was um, something I wanted to do uh, to begin with um, because the product was new and I had a kind of a vision for how I wanted it to develop and mature. And, uh, and we're still offering the unlimited uh, updates. So you get free updates um, for, for life um, as well as with the developer license on an unlimited number of domains. So it's kind of two unlimiteds there. Um, I wanted to. I want ev- basically, in short, I want everyone to that that started the journey to uh, have have the product develop to a point where it's, we're almost there, actually, where it's um, 
It's got uh, all of the current kind of features. Um, kind of e the recent updates were focused on making the targeting process as quick and kind of as thorough as possible. And then the next set of updates in the coming months will be focused on making broadening the set of CSS styling options even more, and um, doing little adding little features to like take a few seconds off each part of the process. Um, uh, and I think yeah, we're very nearly there. I, I had this vision of, of of it being at this point that we're nearly we're nearly there now. We're in the early days of starting it. And that was always my plan was to get it there and then shift to either a pay monthly or uh, an annual re renewal where it's like a 40% off or something, whatever the convention is. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of it's, it's a matter of kind of pride in wanting everyone, all of my customers that joined early on, the veterans, to have to have it mic with you at, at a certain standard. Um, and to incentivize people at this stage that if they buy it now, I mean, it's, a, you know, everything that all of the development that's going, about to take place in the coming year and year and year after that, they will get all of those updates for free. So it's quite a big, um, mm. it's quite a big incentive to buy now. Um, and it's kind of a promise that, you know, thanks for joining while it's, um, while it's still maturing. And this is, this is kind of the, the reward you'll get. Um, but also, I think that sometimes um, people say, "Oh, I'm, you know, I, have, I can't afford a, a, a developer license right now. Can I, can I pay in installments or something?" Which suggests to me that um, the monthly license might actually be suited um, to to people with certain budgets. Um, if you pay a small amount a month and it's something you use on a day-to-day -day basis, um, either as a developer or some just updates your own website, then that could be quite appealing too. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I mean, I I just think the pricing, if you look around like like I do a lot of mm, the, the yeah. sort of area, it's just fantastically reasonable. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you are in the market for a CSS sort of um, tool, then I would say, uh, you know, I, I, I would recommend this. And I would also say get in before um, Sebastian decides to up <laughs> his prices. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the stuff that's going to happen in the near future. Do, do you have like um, a specific roadmap or do things just sort of come in through support and you say, um, oh, OK, yeah, we'll do that. Or, or do you know very much what's coming in the next yeah, year? Well, a bit of both. I mean, the roadmap is informed by what it, what people ask for via support requests. But broadly speaking, I mean, and it's the things people are asking for loudest that get priority. So they were asking for um, improvements to the targeting options. And that's so that's all been done now with version five. Um, and then now they're asking mainly for CSS animations. And so that is going to be, well, yeah, that and a few other CSS properties um, were uh, basically brought, I, I want Microthema to, to be, to have every single CSS property. At the moment, it's maybe bar some of the really, really obscure ones. Um, but at the moment, it has most of the, it, pretty much all of the common ones. And it has, uh, for people that might want to add something in, in the meantime, there's kind of a custom code field where you can enter styles um, yourself, uh, like, for instance, um, a transition or something. Um, but in the next kind of literally the next few weeks, we're going to be adding these properties. And um, 
uh, yeah, uh, sorry, where was I? Well, you were just sort of um, saying about adding new things over in the next couple of Yeah, weeks. sorry. And so, anim- so okay, that's right. I want to talk about animations. Um, so we're, we're going to add this two areas where we're going to add support for animations. There's the, the first phase where we're going to uh, provide kind of very convenient way of adding like out of the box do you know animate.css uh yeah i mean i know yeah. of it but so not a lot. uh so that provides like just out of the box ways to easily apply like a bounce and things like that and so we're going to provide um very quick way to uh, to to apply like a predefined animation yeah and then there's the slightly more granular level where we can so have, if, have you ever used like um, is it like Adobe After Effects or like any, have you ever used like an animation program which kind of lets you gives you fairly precise control over like because CSS has like keyframes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, can, I use I have used a tool called Hype, which is a Mac app which allows you to sort of do everything on a timeline. So similar to that, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. So that that's exactly it. So then there's that's kind of the, the second wave of uh, for the CSS animations where oh right really bespoke you make your own where, where yeah so exactly so you can do things that would actually be a bit difficult to do right because css animation is very powerful but obviously if you were to create a complex animation um say if you were just writing it by code in a normal ide um it might be you might get a bit more overwhelmed than by what the potential of a gui program has to um, make like complex CSS animations kind of like very visual, you're seeing what's happening at the time. You can drag to move like the timeline, like the delays, and kind of sync up different selectors. So we've got f- this is something that I'd really like to do, kind of again probably for, for fun, fun sake. Um, and I'll probably do a bit of market research to find out if anyone would use such this before we build that second phase of. <laughs> I'd use it. <laughs> you would. I would. Yeah, I would use it. Even uh, if I was just playing with it, I'd use yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Exactly, you'd use it maybe to play. It would be fun to play. But would you use it beyond? I don't know. It's yeah, difficult, this is the isn't it? Yeah, and it's the constant battle with the client of I want my site to pop. I want my site to be whiz bang. And there's only so much whiz bang that you can put on the page. But do you know what? That for those for those edge cases where you do genuinely want the one thing to stand out i think something like that would be powerful but also it differentiates you doesn't it even if um even if it's not used by 80 percent of the people and 20 percent of the people use it twice um on on a per project basis it's still a fantastic thing to to demonstrate on your sales marketing materials isn't it that you can do this that would be (laughs) yeah potentially i know it's become probably in keeping with the sort of microthema philosophy of like trying to provide uh, power (laughs) yeah it's well, I'll ask a similar question about that in a moment, but I'm just going to touch back on something that you mentioned a moment ago. And you were talking about various things that have been added in over the over the years, and particularly a few things that have been added in um, in version five. Now, it, it strikes me, having talked to a few people before we did this podcast, I mentioned that you were going to be on, and quite a few people had said to me, yeah, I tried it and I don't use it, or I tried it and I use it. Now, um, I guess that's a problem, isn't it, for for you, is that people will try it and they've got a preferred option, a rival, or they just sort of say, ah, you know what, I'm just going to stick with my IDE and enter everything by hand, copy and paste it from the inspector and do it Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Can you you think of things over the last, let's say, 18 months where things have changed within the plugin enough that, okay... Okay, I can I can imagine I need to look at this again because I didn't know that that had been uh, updated or amended. Sure. sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was, there was a huge number of changes that we made in the version five release. Um, 
and uh, so this so I guess one of them the speed of actually targeting the thing you want on the page um, is was one so before you had to uh, double click things um, on the page and it was possible to adjust your targeting if you didn't click double click the correct element first um, so often HTML elements on the page uh, are quite nested and by that you, you have like a box within a box within a box and this nesting isn't always visually evident on the in the way things are laid out sometimes you get things um, so tightly wrapped that they occupy they have the same border essentially um, and so if you could double click something you might actually want the parent element or the child element and um, finding like navigating around um, wasn't always that easy um, and so what we've done is we've kind of added these hover overlays um, which are quite common with these kind of WordPress GUI tools now so um, you can get the right element it's more likely you'll get the right, right element first time and then uh, to supplement that, we've got these um, kind of browser inspector tools, which allow you to really see um, if so. If you if you are a coder, you can and you understand HTML code, you can see what where you are. It will automatically zoom into the the part of the HTML that you've um, clicked on, and you can change um, which element you want via a few different options by clicking the HTML or some breadcrumbs. And Mike Zima will instantly respond by generating a new selector or new set of selectors to choose from um, based on this kind of refinement of targeting. Um, the other thing was uh, you, you, uh, Mike Zima's also had a system where you can label the selectors that you create so that you know later when you come back to, to edit the styles of the selector you've created, you know what, what it refers to. Um, and uh, people sometimes found that that process a bit tedious because it mainly if you're a programmer I think and you're used to writing out say a CSS selector like uh, with a class um, like a, you, you write a small amount of code and then you write some CSS styles so with this version um, you you don't have to add a label um, you microthem will auto generate a label for you um, and actually you can use and this will be particularly good for for developers you don't you don't need to use kind of a human readable human readable label microthem will also just um, auto populate that label field with the actual CSS selector code which means more to you I guess if you imagine let's say a paragraph inside um, the header area and it says header P uh, and that refers to the header HTML element and the P paragraph, um, and that's that has some kind of semantic meaning to you because you're a programmer. Then that A instantly creates a selector for you, and B, you know what that means. Um, you kind of it's it's more enriched with meaning. Um, so you click create select, and then it's it's done in like kind of a few seconds without really having to think, without having to engage your mind at all in the kind of in the process. So that means like targeting say 10 elements is kind of much more a click click bum 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 rather than like target one element think target another element if you know what I mean yeah I, I think those uh, my recent playing with it over the last uh, week or so has led me mm -hmm. to believe that that stuff's really powerful um, mm -hmm. you know the sort of dom inspector I was able to traverse that quite quickly and locate what I needed to do in my case I was trying to override things which I didn't like that were already there 
Um, And and to be honest with you, I was sort of struggling to find them and getting a bit infuriated in Chrome's Inspector and then manually typing it out and then realizing that wasn't the right one. And uh, Microthema found it first time, which was really, really a a pleasure because that simple little task... Just that one instance was probably, I'm, I'm guessing it would have drawn out to about 10, 15 minutes for me to find it and override it and successfully make sure that it was doing what I wanted to do. And, and then, of course, then I would have had to have rounded the corners, which I wanted to do in this case. And, and with your interface, it was just, okay, it got the, it got the thing I needed. And then mm-hmm. I clicked um, the, the corners element. I selected the predefined, uh, you know, do it on all corners. And then I clicked yeah, four pixels sure. or something and boom, it was done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was really impressed, and it worked straight out of the box as I'd expected. And the little the little DOM inspector was just an added feature, which made me think, "Oh, I'm at home here. This this looks right." Um, so I hope I hope that there's some benefit there for people who haven't looked at it in the last eighteen months, and have, or or have you know looked at it uh, two three years ago and thought it's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's definitely mm-hmm. matured, and I, I would say that you know there's there's lots of value in there. Um, yeah. Did right. you um, now you were you were mentioning a minute ago that you uh, you want to have all the CSS um, there. <laughs> well, now, you must make yeah. choices about like there's only certain there's only so much UI that you've got horizontally. Uh, is there a ton of stuff that you've um, left out or you've decided that's actually that's not well, important? We'll bury there, that. Or... There's I mean we prioritised a bit in the early days about which CSS properties to start with. Um, there is uh, I know what you mean about. There's only so much UI space, but the way there's a lot there's a lot of space yeah. for um, for new the new um, CSS property groups. So because we group, so say like padding and margin is one group. That's just one like 40 pixel icon that goes horizontally, and then and then when you click that, it displays different fields. I think I mean the main, the challenge is to not show not not show too many CSS properties at once uh, and on on the screen at any one time from a kind of cognitive load perspective uh, and also uh, from a, an, a speed optimization like actually how fast the the, the program runs in the browser um, not to load more options than necessary at any one time and Mike Thiem were already you're talking about the kind of the complexity of the program most a lot of what it's doing is tr- is trying to balance that making sure that it loads and unloads html content so the browser can just run smoothly while you're adding your various css options um but it it's possible and, and in fact in in the future iterations of the program it's going to uh i think it's going to be more optimized so it'll run even faster than it does now but still be able to accommodate more like twice as many CSS because there are lots of exciting CSS3 properties like um, flexbox columns, transforms, transitions, CSS animations. I'm sure there'll be more over time. Mm. And I feel like it's probably fairly important to uh, keep up with these. Um, it's like these are the two main areas I think that the, the program needs to be good at is is making sure you can target what you want and apply what you want. And although it's fine for to have the ability to enter enter custom properties yourself and that will always be available even when we do support pretty much like 80 percent of css properties or 90 percent um partly because some people just like to see the code by hand um they've learned that skill they wouldn't want to lose it um i think it's good to to provide a, a large set of options because one of the main benefits to um people who are on who are maybe quite technical but um, 
and they and their experience with CSS, but then a new CSS property comes out and they haven't really in their day to day making websites used it that much and they have to Google the syntax. And if um, Microthema just make like cause I, I have this like with box shadow, it's been around for a long time, but I kind of sometimes forget like there's inset and, and whether blur yeah, 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 or yeah, spreads, yeah. which one comes first and what it means. And so that's actually one of the real benefits Microthema can provide is like as the CSS language grows and there are you want to try these new CSS properties, but you don't want to necessarily invest loads of time always like finding out whether they, whether they work. Oh, and another thing that that Microthema can do in, in this regard is you know, the support for the the new CSS properties um, is obviously for browser support is variable and and it changes over time um, and one of the things we're going to add in like, quite soon uh, is providing little, like information about if a CSS property is like um, not supported in like let's say Internet Explorer 10 or or some of the really new ones like uh, columns and stuff like they're oh, not nice. they, they don't even have yeah um, so it's kind of like a it's like your reference handbook as well as the tool for implementing uh, the styles yourself so I think there's a huge huge scope for it to, to increase its utility among certain audiences in that area yeah I think if you can um as you said, once you've reached maximum CSS, if you know what I mean, and you've you've got everything in there that you wanted, and then and then you stay ahead of that curve, um, and you're always the person that's at the bleeding edge, if you know what I mean. Then mm-hmm. somebody like yeah. me can just sort of rely. Oh well, it's going to be a yeah. microthema for me, isn't it? Yeah, I don't need to exactly. learn it. No, that's tremendous. That's really good mm-hmm. to know that you've got that that not reactive, more proactive, and that mm-hmm. these things are going to be available to us. Yeah, that's brilliant. Now, I'm guessing that you're you're always going to be having the discussion with people who are how to describe it css nazis let's say <laughs> who are you know i'm i i i'm in the ide i want to do all this by hand um mm. and there's probably all sorts of arguments one of which i suppose is always going to be a bit like with a page builder you know um if you build things with a page builder it's not really doing it yourself and you know and where it might <laughs> be made of short codes and da 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 um how do you store this stuff that you're creating this css, CSS. And, and is it destructive if we if we were to i think i actually know the answer to this but i'm yeah. asking it anyway yeah sure um, how uh, does it do that yeah, no, I mean, it, so it just, Microthema just writes all of its CSS to a single style sheet, an external style sheet, which then is included by the browser. So, I mean, the, um, I don't know how technical I want to get about that. The CSS, <laughs> is a, CSS allows you to overwrite the rules that are intended to kind of the, the cascade in CSS is intended so that you can have a, a, a style rule that says, you know, color red here and a style rule somewhere else effect on the page that says color blue. And um, you don't have to delete the color red style for one or the other to take an effect. It kind of, this is, this is the principle Microsoft works on. So specificity um, and, and, and it, what it does is it, it, it provides alternative styles, which it writes to this external style sheet. And um, it has, uh, well, but so, but it's for newbie users who first install Microthema, 
and on necessarily very technical, uh, it by default adds the important CSS declaration to CSS styles, which I'm fully aware is very controversial <laughs> oh, among yeah, yeah. very controversial <laughs> among among programmers. I untick so, that box uh, straight away but, to see exactly, what would happen. <laughs> well, but that exactly, but that's the, the thing. There's a box that you untick if you are in the know, because like it's a tool for developers, and they'll look look at the CSS it generates and be like, oh no and untick that. But um, what it does is it just slightly lessens the learning curve for people who are not programmers and who don't have a kind of um, emotional, like, it's um, <laughs> ultimately, you know, what, what, okay, so what does important do? It, it clobbers any other CSS style that doesn't have the important declaration added to it, um, which if you're maintaining your CSS and microthema and also somewhere else and somewhere else because you're a programmer and you understand these things, um, you would just turn that feature off and, and, and that's fine. But if, you, if, you don't, if you're just using microthema as a non-technical person because you want to change something on your page, you probably don't mind, uh, even once it's been explained to you what the important property does, that, <laughs> oh, no, no, this is very unpopular among, <laughs> among coders because it's kind of considered bad practice because if another programmer wants to override your style, they'll have trouble. If you're the only person in charge of this, this process of customizing the appearance of your design page and you're only using microthema then it's kind of a non-issue um yeah, that's a good point actually that is a good point I, I switched it off out of yeah and and actually in many cases i am the only person fiddling with these style sheets but i yeah. uh, i don't know there's just something i mean no no switch that that's off a cultural, <laughs> yeah. cultural thing, I, I think um and I've debated, oh, you know, because I'm going to get stick for this, but actually I'm going to make, because there's a few, you know, there are things you need to get your head around a bit when you're first. One thing about Microthema is it, what it does is it kind of allows you to, to come off the rails of, uh, you know, I talked about, like, say, classic theme options before, which allow you, they give you one option to, say, change the header color. Um, you can't necessarily change the padding. You can't change the height. It, it's quite specific. Um, uh, but that what that means is you don't have to understand much. They've done the thinking for you. Mike Thema, you you go off the rails. You you it gives you the power to to apply whatever styles you want to anything on the page. But it's ultimately a CSS generator, and it has to play by the same rules as everything else, like as as the as the rules that the the CSS style sheets already affecting the page. Um, and so you sometimes will be like, oh, why isn't my style applying? And actually, I've just added a tutorial, um, which is now available, like yesterday, which is available in the help section on how to target things, which aims to kind of highlight a lot of the stumbling blocks that kind of newcomers find when they're trying to initially trying to target on something on the page and it doesn't work quite as expected. Um, but the the with the kind of adding important to CSS styles, it kind of it allows them to not have to think about this sphere. I provide training on this in the in the support, but it, when they're initially starting, it allows it, it removes one little area of com, area of complexity yeah. from CSS, yeah. where you know because actually when you think about specificity, source order, all of that, it's kind of it's a lot to explain when you first get started. It's so. too much to explain, actually, isn't it? And if yeah. if you are, which I presume a lot of your target market are, they're, they're literally looking for a solution where I do this and it does this. You know, there's no quibbling. Um, there's no need to explain uh, the important, you know, the um, exclamation mark important will do that. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, switch it on if yeah. you don't know what you're doing and obviously switch it. Yeah, I was just interested that you'd got it on by default and now I get why you've got yeah, it on by yeah. default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. And, and what about audience. 
What about uninstalling Not everyone knows this, though, and I do... Sorry? Oh, no, go on, you carry on. Cause... I was just going to say, some people don't realise it's a configurable option um, and, you know, might dismiss it on that basis, um, which is unfortunate, but... The first thing um, I ever do when balanced. I install a plugin is I read every setting. <laughs> you're probably so... alone. But you're probably <laughs> in the minority, though, doing that, to be honest. I wish everyone did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about uninstalling? How do we how do we cope with that? Does that just does the style sheet remain intact or do we have to uh, yeah. fear well, there's, that? A, there's two options there. I mean, so yeah, so you might have noticed. noticed <laughs> I did actually. On the, <laughs> on the uh, yeah, on the preferences, you can because uh, actually, so it's used a lot by developers, uh, Microsema, and sometimes so they might want to use my plugin to uh, to do the CSS for the design and then hand it over to the client, but not <laughs> but not let the client. I have the option of stumbling across Microsema and ca causing all sorts of havoc. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Good point. So uh, they, there's not. If you uninstall, or uh, if you deactivate or uninstall, oh sorry. So if you deactivate Microsema, um, you can still use. Actually, sorry, it's the same. Even if you uninstall it, you can add some code to your themes functions.php file, and it will automatically. Um, include the style sheet that Microthema generates. And it will also, that's slightly better than say manually, um, like copying the CSS yourself somewhere else yeah. or just manually including it. Because it'll also, like if you add a, a Google font with Microthema, um, Microthema will on queue, like it'll, it, if you add, if you actually use in your design, let's say you add two different Google fonts, Microthema will then only load those two Google fonts that you've added. Um, but if you, and so when you, if you deactivate Microthema, you want a convenient, you want those to be included in the design as well. You don't want to have to be like, okay, so I manually include the style sheet and then, oh, what did I use any Google fonts? Okay, I need to add that. So it's kind of a convenient way to keep everything exactly as it is. But remove Microthema from your site when you give it to the client, and then if you reinstall it, um, everything's still there. That's my next so, question. You preempted yeah. that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. When so, you come back, yeah, that's good. Exactly. So if you reinstall it, then you can still make. So you can just temporarily reinstall Microthema, make all the CSS edits you want via the UI, yeah. and then just deactivate or reinstall it again, and it'll carry on working as normal. And the uh, the code for that, which goes in the functions.php file, that's all in the UI as well, isn't it? It tells you what yeah, to copy so and paste. Yeah, yeah. you just go to the preferences, and yeah. the most up-to-date code will be there. Yeah. Um, oh, copy in. yeah, phenomenal. Now, something which is very exciting for me, uh, it's a minor thing, but to me it's a major thing, and for some other people who listen to this, it's going to be a major thing. You've uh, recently, the last couple of weeks, possibly days actually um in integrated uh in a way with beaver builder which is lovely right. you, you could maybe yeah. just explain how that works and, and what what pain point that satisfies yeah so um so we talked about the the version 5 general changes kind of improving targeting um one of the things i did was um do a big update to the algorithm for finding css selectors because it, uh, people have been using Microtheme and Beaver Builder together for quite a long time, and uh, some people uh, suggested in a forum that, that they, they couldn't always target due to the nesting of the elements. It didn't. Microtheme didn't always pick up the right selector, um, and so now I, I and I've been I've been experimenting with it a lot myself. Um, I think, and I even did a final tweak once I was using Microtheme. I did an extra tweak to the algorithm. Um, I think it's pretty much, it gets everything now. Um, uh, so that's one major thing. Uh, and then I also added um, 
just to kind of improve the workflow, um, I added quite a few changes. Um, one of the, one of the main ones is you can now. Um, so it's always possible uh, in Microsoft you can enter your own um, like URL for the page you want to edit. And some people discovered that if they added a little FL builder parameter mm-hmm. to the end of the, the URL, they could they could work with Microthema and Beaver Builder at the same time from the same interface. And what I've done is just made made that a bit easier, where there's now a switch via the view menu where you can enable Beaver Builder from Microthema and turn it off. But um, if you enable it at the same time, you can you can you know do your drag and drop placing your content with Beaver Builder. And then when you want to add some styles with Microthema, you just click the target button and you the Beaver Builder overlays will, will step out of the way and you can kind of click on the thing you want, apply some styles, and then um, and then also change the text all just kind of instantly at the same time, which I think helps quite a lot with the workflow. You know, that's going to help me a great deal. I really, really think that's going to help me a lot. And, and I know the audience listening to this are going to love that as well. And it's cool. It's just really cool. You've got everything all on one page um, and you... You don't necessarily, I mean, you've got a, a large amount of styling in Beaver Builder options, usually anyway, you yeah. know, font yeah. sizes and what have you. But this takes it to the next level. You know, you can really get to, to grips with things. And, and obviously in the future, you'll be able to you'll be able to put animation everywhere as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, I've just uh, recently created a, a tutorial on how to use uh, Microsoft and Beaver Builder um, together. It's kind of a fairly in-depth uh, tutorial. Um and one of the things I talk about is that you can use Microthema if you want to style like more than one thing you, in the same way. So, for instance, um, if you let's say you had like six subheadings or something, and you wanted to give them a certain color, a certain font size. Um, in Beaver Builder, you would normally kind of set the styling on a per like per module basis. Yeah. And um, uh, and that's fine, but if you wanted to then change your mind, you would then have to like go through the six mo- modules and change the styling. And so one of the benefits of mi- using Microthema is if you it's there's one you create one selector which targets all six, and then and then you change the style in one place, and you can you can um, kind of update a bit more efficiently. I'm liking that as well. This is all turning out to be very nice uh, from my perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, fantastic. What a, what a lovely chat. What a lovely product. Um, I, I'm, I'm sort of sold on it. I think for the fu- in the future, I'm going to be installing it here, there and everywhere uh, to make my workload quicker. I think, like Great. you said, you've kind of got to the point where the maturity of it uh, is where you, would, you had um, you had imagined it could get to. Yeah. And for me, a lot of these solutions that I tried a little while ago were, were not quite there. Maybe a, a year ago were not quite there for me. And, and I've, I've always flipped and flopped between trying them and then going back to my IDE. And I, and I think maybe we've, we've reached a tipping point for me. Because to me, I, I'm not fussy about how the CSS gets created. And I do like the fact that I can, you know, uninstall it and hand it over to the client. And it's all in a, in a just a style sheet, you know, a normal style yeah. sheet. It's not somewhere locked away. Um, hidden from view. Yeah, it all sounds lovely. Now, I have to say, I never did say um, uh, during the actual podcast, but I, w- I will have said it in the news section 
that uh, you've been very kind and you've offered us um, a coupon code to get us 25% off your already remarkably cheap price. <laughs> so right. if you were to go to the website and uh, at the payment section, you can enter the code WPBUILDS, all in lowercase, all uh, without any spaces or hyphens or anything like that. You'll get yourself 25% off. So yeah, thank you for that for our listeners. That's really generous as well. That's right. You're welcome. Yeah, that's really great. Um, I think if it's okay with you, I think we're now we're approaching 54 minutes, which is a quite a healthy long podcast. Actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. We'll we'll knock it on the head. But before we do, I should probably say: um, Is there anything you want to say, or any place that we should find you online, or any channels uh, that you want to mention? Sure. Well, I guess just the website is called um, Theme Over dot com that's theme like a wordpress theme and then over as in climb over <laughs> um but yeah that's i mean that's me that's uh, my website that's um that's where you can find mike themer and uh and me and all the tutorials and stuff like that well thank so, you yeah. yeah thank you so much for coming on now i don't know if you've made it to the end of one of these podcasts but we always fade in some horrible music <laughs> super cheese music which is Go horrible yeah so i'm gonna be fading it in as we speak so yet again thank you very much sebastian uh, i've been, really enjoyed having this chat and i hope our audience have and hopefully some of them will go out and explore your your products so uh, it's goodbye from me. And, uh, and do you want to say goodbye as well? Yeah, goodbye. Uh, thanks a lot, Nathan. You're very welcome. See you soon. Cheers, bye.